Huh? See you, Cassie. We love you. Amen. Open your Bibles up this morning to 2 Corinthians 2, verse 14. And I'm going to read it to you from the Amplified. It says, but thanks be to God, who in Christ always leads us in triumph as trophies of Christ's victory. How many of you are in Christ this morning? You're born again, you're in Christ. You've been in Christed, as I heard one minister say. Praise God. That means he always, not most of the time, but always leads us in triumph. Now, have you ever fallen and made a mistake in your life? Done some really stupid things? Gotten off the path you're supposed to be on and gotten on the wrong path? And yet, the Bible says here that in Christ, he always leads us in triumph. What does that mean? That means, friends, we don't have to quit and give up when we make a mistake. When we get knocked down, we get back up. Because if we get back up, I've got a promise right here in the Bible that he's going to lead me in triumph. Ha, ha, ha. See, you want to make the devil mad when you mess up? Get back up right then. Bam. He's going to be saying, what you doing? You just messed up. God, forgive me. No, no, you can't do it. God, forgive me. I call upon the blood. He hates the blood. Oh, he hates the blood. I'm going to tell you a little secret. I have learned this over the years. Apply the blood of Jesus over your lives, over your families, over your homes, over your bank accounts. And when you mess up, apply the blood of Jesus over that situation. Amen. Hallelujah. The blood reaches down to the deepest recesses of your heart and cleanses you. The blood has not diminished in power. It has the same cleansing power as when it was first applied to the altar seat in heaven. Hallelujah. The blood still speaks today. You are free. You are cleansed. You are children of God. You are blessed. You are prosperous. Hallelujah. (laughs) Thank God for the blood. I'm in Christ. I said I'm in Christ. See, there ain't nothing the devil can do to stop that. I'm in Christ. Mm. I am in Christ. He, the devil cannot defeat me. I want to say that again because I want to make sure all the hell's listening. I'm in Christ and the devil cannot defeat me. Hallelujah. You want to know why? Because this big boy refuses to quit. I refuse to give up. I'm going to keep standing on the promises of God. And I know my God's got triumph right ahead for my life. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Oh, I tell you, that's good news. He always, always, everybody say always. Always always leads us in triumph as trophies of Christ's victory. So we've been on a study on being trophies of Christ's victory. Hallelujah. And we not only have seen how thoroughly, I mean thoroughly and completely, how Jesus whooped the devil. 
I tell you, I, that's one of those kind of, those. you need to go back and you need to study those scriptures out. Because when you come to realize, wait a minute, my Jesus already whooped him so bad that in my life, as far as my life is concerned, he has been brought to nothing. He is paralyzed. He cannot bring death to my life. He cannot bring destruction to my life. He can't steal from my life. I've got Jesus in my life. Jesus said he has come to give me life and life more abundantly. Woo! So we've been looking at that. We saw that. But we also saw the reward Jesus got for his victory. Everybody take your finger like this. Point it at yourself, and that means me. You are the trophy he received. Praise God. We're the trophies of Christ's victory. And now we're called to go forth and testify of Jesus' victory and of the devil's defeat. We're supposed to live our lives that way, my friends. Glory to Jesus. Well, so far we've looked at one of the ways we do that. Is by rising up in the power of the Holy Spirit and the anointing of God and ruling and reigning upon this earth as kings or as queens, as the royalty that we now are. Have you ever stopped and looked at how royalty lives? You need to take the time and look something like that up. Just go study. My wife watches a show called The Crown. Why she watches it, I don't know. But she watches it. She likes to go and watch this about, is it Queen Elizabeth? But it's just amazing how royalty is treated. They don't have to beg for anything. They don't have to work for anything. It's basically given to them. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Oh, thank you, Jesus. We are now royalty. Because we're children of the Most High God. We are children of the King of Kings. There, was, there is nobody greater than Jesus. No one. And we are a part of his family. And we are now, listen, heirs of God. Joint heirs with Christ. Oh, glory to God. Think about that. We are royalty. And now we're called to rule and reign upon this earth. How do we rule and reign upon this earth? How did Jesus do it? With his words. He spoke to the wind of the waves and they obeyed. He spoke to a tree and it obeyed. He spoke to sickness and disease and they obeyed. He spoke to demons and they obeyed. And now glory to God as Christians, as those who are in Christ, we have now been delegated that very same authority that Jesus operated in because we have access, the right, the legal right to use his name. And hallelujah, it don't matter what the devil throws at us. We have authority over it. And when we speak the name for where the word of the king, the king is, there is power. Which means this, I speak to the devil. It isn't just Daniel standing there speaking to that devil. All of heaven and all the power of heaven is backing this boy up. Ha, ha, ha. Oh, I hope you're getting this. Because it's not just for this big boy. It's for every one of you if you're a Christian. Oh, hallelujah. Do you see that and understand that? Are you getting this? Praise God. 
We're called to rule and reign on this earth. Well, the second thing, and we're going to get into this right now, the second way we're called to, to testify of our Christ's victory and Satan's defeat is we need to live as bright lights in this wicked and perverse generation. Go to Philippians chapter 2 this morning. Philippians chapter 2. Can you tell there's an anointing in this place? Woo, glory to God. I like the anointing. Mm-mm-mm. There's just something about when God gets on you, you start to speak, and out flows things that you haven't even got in your head because it's flowing from my heart. Hallelujah. And it really is such a humbling thing. And it's just so glorious. And God will do the same thing for each one of you if you'll just be, start speaking it out of, out of your mouth. Do you know that God wants you anointed to do what you do? But you've got to start confessing it. You've got to start believing it. You've got to start yielding to it. Are you hearing me? Glory to God. Listen to this. We're called to be bright lights in this wicked and perverse generation. Philippians 2 from the Amplified. That you may show yourselves to be blameless and guileless, innocent and uncontaminated, children of God without blemish, faultless, unrebukable, in the midst of a crooked and wicked generation, spiritually perverted and perverse, among whom you are seen as bright lights, stars or beacons shining out clearly in the dark world. Praise God. Then the Bible says this in uh, Matthew 5. This is Jesus speaking. You, everybody say me. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket. But on a lamp standing, it gives light to all who are in the house. Can I just stop and say something right there? Do you know, how many of you... Sometimes go out in fellowship with, with people who are unbelievers. Have you ever, do you hang around or sometimes you meet with or talk with, fellowship with people who are not born again? If I'm reading this scripture right, and I, I am, it says right here, when we go into the house where they are, we should be shining brightly so that they can see us. Doesn't it say that? It gives light to all who are in the house. I don't want to get ahead of myself. Let me finish reading these. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Listen to these uh, scriptures from the uh, Passion. You can look up here. Your lives light up the world. I like that. Let others see your light from a distance. For how can you hide a city that stands on a hilltop? And who would light a lamp and then hide it in an obscure place? Instead, it's a place where everyone in the house can benefit from its light. So don't hide your light. Let it shine brightly before others. So that the commendable things you do will shine as a light upon them. And then they will give their praise to your Father in heaven. Woo! I believe it's pretty clear from these scriptures that we're supposed to be a bright light shining forth wherever we go. Amen. We are to be bright stars that light up the darkness all around us. As I heard one minister say, 
if we were to go off of this earth and go out into space and look down upon the earth, we would see darkness all around it except bright lights throughout the earth. What are those bright lights? You and me and all the rest of the Christians found on this earth. Glory to God. We're called to shine forth in this dark and perverse generation. We are to live a life uncontaminated. Are you listening to me? Uncontaminated by the things of this earth. We are... See, how do we do this? How do we let our light shine before all in? First of all, we've got to, just what I just said, we've got to live it uncontaminated from the world we live in, refusing to allow ourselves to be influenced by the perversity and corruption and deception that permeates our society. There are many churches today who are watering the word of God down to fit our society. Did you hear what I just said? They're changing the Bible to say something that the Bible does not say. And I hope you're hearing me and what I'm saying. You've got to grasp this. There are people out there who stand behind a pulpit and preach something that they say is from God, but it does not line up with that Bible. If it does not line up with that Bible, I'm going to tell you a little secret. It's not from God. Did you hear what I just said? You cannot allow the things that are happening in this world to, to impact and contaminate your life. I know it's, 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 it goes without saying, we don't need to allow the perverse things we see happening in this world to impact us. We're, I mean, we, we should never get to the place where something that is evil and corrupt is happening in the world. We say, well, that's okay. Well, I don't think anybody in here is going to be like that. But there are things happening that a lot of Christians are succumbing to. And they're giving in to. And it's just as perverse and corrupt and twisted as the evil things that we can see. I hope you're listening. If you ever hear somebody tell you that God adjusts the way he believes in what he, what he has said in his word to fit what's happening in our society, run. Because that ain't Christ, that's the Antichrist. I hear what I'm saying. We cannot allow ourselves to live that way because if we live that way, then we're not going to shine forth as bright lights, bright stars in this, in this dark world. We're just becoming like the world. Can't happen, can it? We are called to live lives that are upright and innocent and without blame for our good and just God. Now, am I saying that we all have to live perfectly? That we'll never make any more mistakes? That's not what I'm saying. Every one of you, probably, most of you, there are some perfect ones. Probably everybody in here, I'll say it that way, is going to make a mistake between now and when Jesus comes back. Every one of you. 
So how in the world can you possibly say that you're living blameless and, and innocent before God? Do you know that God knew we would make mistakes after we started to live for him? This, is, this, this revelation has helped me so much. He already knew the mistakes I would make after giving my heart over to him. Afterwards, not prior to, thank God when you get born again, all that, your past is gone. That's why you become, the Bible says, a new creation in Christ. The old has passed away, behold, the new has come. These things are of God. We, we receive Jesus' The the life that Jesus said he came to give us and to give us more abundantly. That eternal Zoe life of God. Amen. But after getting born again, he already knew the mistakes you would make. So when you make the mistake, he already knew you're going to do it. So guess what? When you make that mistake, he doesn't go, oh, I can't believe that. I can't believe that Ron just did that. I'm not saying that Ron does bad things all the time because he's not doesn't. But you understand my point. We don't knock God off the throne when we make a mistake because he already knew you're going to do it. And because he already knew you're going to do it, he's already made a way for you to get cleansed from that sin. To get back up off of your feet and move forward with him. Are you hearing me? Isn't God wonderful? I know within my life, I, I sometimes, you know, lately what I'll do is I'm just, I have some music playing and I'm just sitting there and I'm just pondering God. I'm just sitting there and I'm just in his presence and I'm thinking and I'm pondering him. And I start to sometimes think back and reflect on my life. Some of the stupid choices and decisions I've made in my life. And, you know, what the devil wants you to do is to get condemned. He'll bring condemnation. He'll try to beat you down. To try to tell you you don't have what it takes to make it. But how many know that's not our God? He's not the condemner. He's the justifier. He, he, he comes and encourages us. He comes and says, come on, you can do this. Don't quit. Get back up. But aren't you gr- glad that when you make a mistake, we can immediately get back up. Ask God to forgive us and know that he's faithful and just to do just that. Forgive us of our sins to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And there at that very moment, we are back in right standing with him. Glory to God. Justified. Just as if I had never sinned at all. Stop and think about that. Think about that. That's how much he loves you and me. So can we live this kind of life, this uncontaminated life, this pure life? The Bible says, I believe it's in First or Second Peter, that God is holy. No, it says, be holy as he is holy. Be holy as he is holy. That sounds like a tall order, doesn't it? How in the world am I supposed to be holy as God is holy? You got to learn to yield yourself to him. You've got to learn to find, you've got to find out who God is. See what I'm saying? You've got to get in this Bible and find out who God is. And that's what we're supposed to be. We're called to be like Christ. We're called, do you think Jesus was holy? What did I say earlier? We are now in Christ. He is holy. 
I'm now in him. I can be holy as he is holy. Glory to Jesus. Do you see that? We're called to shine forth as bright lights wherever we go. And another way we can shine forth as a bright light is to allow God to use us to minister his love, his power, his goodness wherever we go. People should see us coming and say, oh my goodness. Look, here comes one of those Christians. Here comes one of those Christians shining brightly. You think, oh, come on, Pastor Dan. Jerry Savelle tells the story, and some of you have heard this before, but it bears repeating. He decided to go shopping one day with Carolyn at the mall. He's not a shopper like me. So he told her while she was out shopping, he was going to either sit in a, you know, somewhere there in the middle of the mall, or he might do some window shopping. So he got up, and she went and did her shopping, and he started to go from window to window to window, just looking, just walking, not really paying much attention, when all of a sudden, a woman came running up and just grabbed him, and he said to him, you're him. He goes, okay, yeah, I, I, I am him. She, she said, you're him. He goes, okay, what, what do you want? She, he goes, you're supposed to pray for me. And when you pray for me, I'm going to be healed instantly. And so that's what he did. He said, okay, and prayed for her. She was healed instantly. See, and then she told him that when she was in prayer that day, she was believing God for her healing. And the Spirit of God spoke to her heart, I want you to go to the mall. And I want you to look for this bright light shining in the mall. And wherever you see that bright light shining, I want you to go up and ask that person to pray for you, and you will be healed. So in other words, Jerry Savelle was walking around as a bright light. All of a sudden, this woman comes in. Can you imagine showing up the mall and looking around? And all of a sudden, you see this bright light going from store to store, window to window. Glory to God. And you might say, Oh, Pastor Dan, that might be for someone like Jerry Savelle or some other great minister of God, but that's not for me. Oh, really? Go with me to Isaiah chapter 60. God wants you, God wants me to be so full of him, full of his spirit, full of his word, full of his glory. And as a result of this, this is what I believe is going to happen right here. Isaiah 60 says, Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. For behold, the darkness cover shall cover the earth, deep darkness the people. But the Lord will arise over you, and his glory will be seen upon you. The Gentiles, that's those without Christ, shall come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your rising. Lift up your eyes all around and see. They all gather together. They come to you. Your sons shall come from afar. Your daughters shall be nursed at your side. Then you will, shall see and become radiant. And your heart shall swell with joy. Because the abundance of the sea shall be turned to you. The wealth of the Gentiles shall come to you. Ha ha ha. We're called to shine. Did you hear what I just said? As Christians, we're called to shine. Woo! There is no movie star on this planet. There is no great singer on this planet that is greater than you and me in Christ. 
Do you hear what I'm saying? See, those stars, Hollywood stars, to a lot of people, they shine. I mean, you see a star, ooh, look, look who it is. I've met some famous people in my lifetime. James and Riley Greenwald, Joan Green. I'm just <laughs> But I, I've met some big-name people before. President Gerald Ford came to a high school football game when I was there in my high school. And so I've met some big-name people. But you know what? They, if they don't know Jesus, do not shine like we're supposed to be shining. We're Christians. You're a child of God. 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 You're all children of God. And we're called to shine. Everybody say, I'm called to shine. But you're going to have to make a quality decision here. It isn't just going to start shining because you see it and look at it for one time and that's it. You're called to live a pure and holy life. You're called to separate yourself unto God, away from the world and unto Him. I'm not saying that you have to be some religious snob looking down your nose at others. That's not what I'm saying. You're supposed to be the most welcoming, loving people walking the face of this, this planet. You're supposed to be the most kind and generous people walking this planet. And that's why when you go into a room filled with people who don't know Jesus, you should light up the room. You should go in there and people say, what's, 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 what's the difference about that person? Look at them. They're shining. How do you do it? You're so blessed. You're so prosperous. You always got a smile on your face. You always got to hop to your step. They're shining. How do you do it? Let me tell you about my Jesus. Let me tell you about my Jesus. Glory to God, He is the light. And now He is in me. And because He is in me, that light begins to shine forth wherever I go. Friends, if we're going to be testifying of Christ's victory, testifying of the devil's defeat, we're going to have to shine forth as bright lights in this wicked and perverse generation. Amen. And then finally, finally, the number three reason, the third way we are to testify of Jesus' victory and the devil's defeat is by always living by the standard of God's word. What am I talking about? I'm talking about that as Christians, the word of God must be the final authority in our lives. It must be the standard by which we judge everything. Everything that we see, everything that we hear, everything that comes, comes into our lives. The Word of God must be the standard that we judge upon. As followers of Christ, it must be the goal of every single one of us to spend quality time Studying and reading and meditating in and confessing 
the word of God. So that our spirits are strengthened, so that our minds are renewed, and so that we can keep our flesh under. Amen. Glory to Jesus. And the more and more we do this, the more and more we'll become just like Jesus, the living word. Glory to God. How many of you, that, that's our ultimate goal, to become more like Jesus. God has given us a way to do that. Right here, through this wonderful, incredible word of God. I was just thinking about this the other day. I've told you this before. When I go to read the Bible, I say, you know, I say, Holy Spirit, you're my, first of all, I say, God, thank you for your word. I love the word of God. I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're going to lead me and guide me into the truth of the word right now because you're the spirit of truth. I enter this word expectantly and reverently. I know this word changes lives. Are you hearing what I'm saying? That's where, as a pastor... It's not my responsibility to share a bunch of feel-good stories. It's my responsibility to preach and teach the gospel. Because this is what changes you. Amen. Thank God for the holy written word. Amen. For example, because the Bible tells us a new commandment I give you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you love one another. That means when somebody has done you wrong, Maybe they've spoken evil of you. They've done something against you. You are called to forgive them. I said you are called to forgive them. And walk in love towards them. Oh, it's not always easy, is it? Someone has spoken evil of you. My daughter will call me, my wife. She'll have situations and challenges happening in her life. And she'll, she'll start to share with us. And she'll, she'll, she'll say this. But don't tell me to walk in love. I know that. Don't you tell me to walk in. I know that. I said, well, walk in love. That's your answer. I'm not trying to be religious. I'm speaking life to you right now. Because the Bible says the love of God never fails. You want to come up out of this situation successfully, victoriously, walk in love. But you don't know what they've done to me. Well, you don't know how powerful the blood of Jesus is. And you don't know how powerful the love of God is. You know that the, the Bible says that love, the love of God believes the best of everyone. Woo! There's some Democrats right now that I have a hard time believing the best about. Oh, I'm telling you, it, it, I am, it, 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 I have, I, I, you can ask my wife, I've, I don't watch the news like as much as I used to watch the news because it just, it gets me to the place where I have to just say to myself, shut up flesh, because my flesh wants to, would love to meet him in a dark alley somewhere. I'm just kidding. We're called to walk in love because that's what the Bible says. And, and, and Because the Bible tells us that by his stripes we are healed. That means when sickness or disease tries to come on our bodies or on our loved one's bodies, we reject it and tell it to go. And we'll keep standing on the word. 
that by his stripes we are healed until we receive the full manifestation of healing in our physical bodies. Amen. You are glory to God, glory to God, glory to God. Because the Bible tells us that my God shall supply all our needs according to his riches and glory. That means that even if you have bills stacked to the ceiling, we're going to settle for nothing less than what the word of God says here. That my God shall supply all, not most, all my needs. And I'm going to keep on standing because I know that that means my God's not just going to meet my needs. He's going to give me plenty more to put in the store. Glory to God. Because the Bible says, my God has delivered us from the power of darkness and everything pertaining to the kingdom of darkness. And that the law of the spirit of life has made us free from the law of sin and death. That means that even if we're dealing with a particular bondage and we've been dealing with it for years. We'll refuse to give up and throw in the towel until we are walking in and living in the promise of God that my God has delivered me. My God has set me free. Woo, thank you, Jesus. Because the Bible tells us to meditate in the word day and night that we may observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then we will make our way prosperous, and then we will have good success. That means that even if we failed at everything we've attempted up to that point in our lives, we know as well as we keep standing and doing what the Bible tells us to do right here, God has promised me success. Amen. He has promised me a prosperous life. Thank you, Jesus, because the Bible tells us to trust in the Lord with all our hearts and lean not to our own understanding. That means that even if everything we see or feel or even what we currently understand in our heads is screaming at us to do this thing that way or this way, we're still going to go to our hearts. Listen to our hearts, because whatever God is telling us, we're going to say, God, I trust you. It doesn't make sense up here. But I'm going to follow you. I trust in you with all my heart. And I'm going to do what you're telling me to do. How many know if you do it his way, you shall be blessed. Glory to God. Because the Bible tells us, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of our minds. That means that even though the world may be pulling on us and trying to mold us into its image, we'll instead get into the word of God And meditate in the word of God. And confess the word of God. And allow it to renew our minds. To get the stinking thinking out. Get God's thinking in. Praise God. And as a result it will be molded into the image of Jesus Christ. Praise you Jesus. And because the Bible tells us. Ask of me. Ask of me. Ask of me, and I will give you the nations. Talking about the lost. That means that even though it may look like numbers in here some days are dwindling, we are not moved by what we see. We are not moved by what we see. We are not moved by what we see. We live a life of faith. We take God at his word. I have asked of him of the nations. And glory to God. As long as we don't quit. As long as we keep pressing forward. I tell you what. Celebration of life church. 
is going to make a difference in this Belgrade, Bozeman area, in this Gallatin County, in this northwest region of the country. Because Celebration of Life Church is a church of strategic importance in these last days. Woo! Friends, because the Bible tells us we're healed, we're delivered, we're free, we're blessed, we're prosperous, we're successful, and we're victorious, then we must never settle for anything less than what's written in here. Amen. It's our standard for living. This must be the final authority in our lives. And when we live our lives this way, we will be testifying of our Lord and Savior's victory and our adversary's defeat. So hopefully... Now you can see and understand that you and me, we are trophies of Christ's victory. And we are to go forth and testify of Jesus' victory and of Satan's defeat. And the way we do this is by, number one, rising up in the power and the anointing of God and living and reigning on this earth as kings and priests. Number two, by shining forth as bright lights in this wicked and perverse generation. And number three, by always living by the standard of the word of God. Praise you, Jesus. Time to shine. I said it's time to shine. It's time to rule and reign. It's time, I tell you with everything in me, get into the Bible. Read your Bible. Study your Bible. Come to church, take notes. Go home the rest of the week, look the notes up. Go listen to the podcast of it. Amen. Keep it before you. Soak in it. Listen to other anointed ministers that are, that are out there. And there are a lot of them. Amen. God is wanting to do a major work in all of us. He is doing a major work in all of us. But I'm telling you right now, I am determined to be the brightest trophy I can possibly be. All shined up, testifying of my Jesus' victory, of my stinking adversary's defeat. Amen. Glory to God. Did y'all get something out of that? Now, I got something special for you next week. So next week is the 15th of December, and I've got something special for you. You want me to tell you what it is? Or you just want to come back next week? You want me to tell you? Who wants to know? How many want? Okay, we'll take a vote. Who wants to know? How many don't want to know? Wow, okay, those, the, the wants to knows, want get it, they win. Next week, my beautiful wife is going to be preaching the word of God. No pressure. <laughs> Glory to God. There is no pressure. She's an anointed Woman of God, she came to me not too long ago. I don't remember if it was last week, a couple weeks ago. When are you going to let me preach again? I said, ouch, wow. <laughs> she needs to minister the word. I've said it to you before. and I'm not.